You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Check out all my work over there. If this is your first time listening, Locked On Boston College is a daily Boston College Eagles podcast that gets into everything Boston College. Today, we're going to talk about some news. I want to get into the viewer mailbag, and then I'm going to give my predictions on the UVA game. So this is a jam-packed episode. Now, if you're listening on Friday morning, um, you're going to notice that I do not give a review of the Florida-BC game. Unfortunately, that game is on at 9.30 with all the work I had to do to, to prep it for the site and doing live streams and um, you know teleconferences and all that kind of stuff. I would have to get this done at like 2 in the morning. I got a day job, so uh, that's not going to happen for today. I apologize. But I'll give a full b- basketball pr- uh, review on Monday's episode, so check out that. But um, I want to apologize. I get to sleep too. I got a two-year-old, and he's going to be up at a certain time. And um, unfortunately, I'm not going to stay up all night recording <laughs> recording a podcast. So uh, let's jump into what we're going to talk about today. First off, let's get with news. First uh, news item was in recruiting in college football. Uh, Boston College landed a their seventh 2022 recruit. His name is. Jeremiah Franklin, a tight end out of Maryland. And again, you see that DMV's uh, area. He has not had a star rating, which does not mean anything. Remember, Trevin Wallace, who's now a top 100 recruit, did not have a star rating. Um, And he committed to Boston College on Thursday evening. I've watched this kid's film. If you have not done that yet, head over to bcbulletin.com and click on his commitment uh, video. And you can see his highlight reel. It's impressive. This kid has got, you know, you have Hunter Long right now as a, a dynamic wide receiver who can play like a wide, uh, dynamic tight end, excuse me, who can play like a wide receiver, but with the size of a tight end. That's what this kid looks like. Um, quick, good size, good hands. I think he's a great get. And this is the second tight end already that they already have for the class of 2022. If you remember earlier, they got a borderline four-star tight end, Matt Reagan, out of um, Massachusetts, who committed to, as well. So they got two tight ends coming in, which is good because they didn't get any in the class of 21. And definitely if Hunter Long leaves, it's a position you want to add some depth at. And two good um, tight ends already that they've added to that class. So where is Boston College's class of 22? It is number six in the country right now. Can you believe that? I know that they're going to drop when other schools start getting those bigger recruits. But right now, they're number six in the country. Uh, they got a couple four stars. They've got they've got everything going for them right there. So this class of 2022, watch out. If you were excited about 21, 22 is gonna knock that one out of the park. Um, they are they're they're setting up to be make this this class really special. So um, Jeff Halfley and crew, they're getting guys right off the bat. And I'm gonna guess with Franklin, just the way he played and the way, the way his film looks, he's going to get offers. He doesn't have any right now, but it's early. I'm going to guess that some people, uh, other bigger programs are going to see his offer sheet and go, ooh, we want him there, you know, like an Ohio State or Penn State. So he'll be a guy, I think, further down the line, we're going to have to watch to see if he sticks with BC. I think he will. You know, Halfley got in there early. Uh, just hopefully he will stick there. The other piece of news 
is basketball related. James Carnick, the center f- transfer from Lehigh, finally got his transfer waiver requ- uh, request approved, which means he should be eligible to play tonight against, or last night, if you're listening now, uh, against Florida. Uh, this is big news for Boston College. You know, Boston College basketball already had a lot of good depth. You, you saw it with the guards, right? You got Jay Heath, Rich Kelly, uh, Makai Ashton Langford, Winston Tabs. Um, you have all these guys that are interchangeable at that position. The big question was the center. You had uh, C.J. Felder and then um, Luka Kraljevic as the backup, who, you you know, he had a good moment against URI, but you want to see some depth there. And Karnik is going to do that. And Karnik isn't just going to be a backup center. I got a feeling he's going to be a backup for Stefan Mitchell, too. Um, So he's going to get his minutes. He's a... At 6'9", 230 pounds, he can do pretty much everything you would want out of a, you know, a four or a five. He averaged 12.2 points a game last year for uh, Lehigh with 7.2 rebounds and assists, a block, and a steal per game. He missed 10 games due to an injury, but start, earned the start in 10 of the 12, 22 games in which he appeared. He's a 57% field goal shooter and nearly 60% inside the arc. He reached double digits in scoring call in 15 times, including six double-doubles and points and rebounds. So that was from the um, BC press release, but I thought it was good to give you some background of what he's going to do. So would I expect him to start over CJ Felder? Probably not. I I think we can all agree that Felder looks like a starter this year. He looks like a guy that needs to have those minutes, and um, I wouldn't want to mess with that because he's playing really well. Um, You know, everyone on that roster, I think, could play a little better defense, but I think Felder has really stepped up his game, especially on offense, and he should be starting. But I think Karnick, you know, we've seen Rich Kelly as a guy who's, you know, getting good, solid minutes, even if he's playing at guard. I think Karnick is going to be a guy just like that. You know, Felder can play and start. You're going to cycle the both of them in and out. You're going to cycle Karnick in at, at uh, power forward for uh, Stefan Mitchell. You're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff. So I think he's going to be a, ba- a valuable factor. Now, the big question, just like it is with Kelly, is how is he going to manage the transition from MAC level play to ACC level play? Kelly has had his moments, as we said yesterday with Eric Hofsis in the episode. You catch it if you haven't already. Kelly could probably be the most uh, polarizing player on this team. He has his moments where he looks completely clueless and, you know, he struggles with his dribble. He, you know, runs into traps. He's, he struggles. But then on another moment, he scores five points in like 10 seconds. So, you know, I, I wonder what Karnick will be able to do. And we'll have to wait um, and see. And unfortunately, I'm, as I said, I'm recording this before the Gators game. Uh, so we'll find out hopefully later tonight what that looks like. On top of that, unlike Kelly and unlike Andre Adams, who could come back next year, um, James Karnick is not a one and done. He has two years of eligibility, so he can play this year and play next year. So he's worth, you know, developing. He still has some time that you can develop him into a two year player and really get him into the system. So we'll see what he's able to do. And hopefully, you know, add more depth to a Boston College team that, you know, as we said, struggles on defense, but is a deep team. And I think that depth, if they can, you know, really tweak some of the issues that they've had, could be a very big benefit for this program moving into um, ACC play. In a moment, I'm going to jump into our mailbag. These are all questions that you have sent me. 
uh, either on Twitter or on Facebook or by email about BC Sports. And I appreciate all of you for doing this because you guys bring some great questions. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, I want to talk about Coors Light. Now, do you feel like you're always going, going, going? I do. I'm working at home and it still feels more exhausting than any day that I was commuting to work. And some days I feel like I'm on 24-7, even when, you know, it's the nighttime. Sometimes I just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and I'm guessing you do too. That's when you reach for Coors Light, it's made to chill. Now, we're in the midst of a great season of sports. You know, it's off and on with what's going on in the world, but at least it's there. And it's a great escape for some of the things that are going on in the world. And that's when I reach for an ice-cold Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It's perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. And believe me, I have moments all the time when I feel like I need that. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, on to the mailbag. I'm glad you have, if you have already sent me questions, thank you so much. We're going to be doing mailbags all the time. So if you wanted me to do this again in the future, if you have a question you want to send me, send it to uh, bostoncollegesi at gmail.com or you can DM me on Twitter. My uh, DMs are open at ajblack underscore bc. Again, that's at ajblack underscore bc. Just send them on over. Um, if they're appropriate and good to read, I'll definitely read them out. Our first question is from Brent. Brent wants to know, AJ, you know, you've covered BC and have been a fan before. What is your favorite moment that you've ever seen live? Brent, that's a great question. Now, I would originally, you know, the first thing I thought of when I you know, got this question was, the 2014 USC game. And that definitely is like right up there because that game was incredible to see live. And it was one of the best football games I'll probably ever see. Hopefully Jeff Halfley brings an, a whole new uh, level of excitement to some more games, but it was definitely up there for me. I'm actually going to go with basketball. And I'm going to go with the game against Syracuse in 2006. This was the first year the Eagles were in the ACC. And this was the year that they ran out to a 20-0 lead in um, a 20-0 record in basketball, which is unfathomable compared to where the program is now. Now, if you don't remember, if you were not a fan back then, Conti Forum packed out. The student section, I was a student at that point, you couldn't find a seat in there because it was just crammed with people. And it was the most electric I've ever seen Conti Forum. Now, this was the... um, Syracuse team that had uh, Jerry McNamara, Hakeem Warwick, um, and they were good. They were, you know, a top 10 team as well. And I remember they handed out to all the students uh, Juice the Q's um, Heights newspapers, and everyone stood there and held them up whenever uh, Syracuse was uh, shooting free throws. Um, It was a dynamic game, back and forth, back and forth, and BC ended up winning that game. And, it, you know, it's a hyperbole to say that the, the building shook, but the bull, Conti Forum felt like it shook. Um, and I don't think I'll ever see a BC basketball game with the energy that I saw that fan base in that day. We all stormed the court. It was crazy. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to go with basketball. It's not even my favorite sport. 
Um, but that was my favorite moment. I loved when I was a student going to basketball games. And it kind of stinks that students don't get that, that, that same experience anymore because it can be really special when teams are playing well. Thanks for the question, Brent. Mark Hansen asks, what seniors on the football team will be asked back due to the COVID extended eligibility rules? Which seniors would you want to come back? Also, will there be a uh, transcription of the podcast? Not much of a podcast guy. All right, so Mark, first of all, there won't be a transcription because I don't know how to do that. And I, I have a million things. I apologize. Um, if you listen to, to Sports Talk Radio, this is the same thing. So I hope you figure out a way to listen because I think you'll enjoy it. Um, in terms of players that could be coming back, I would think any guy that doesn't grade out to a top like third, one, uh, first, second, or third round draft pick will be guys that will come back. Um, I honestly think that there's a good possibility that Max Richardson and Isaiah McDuffie might return. Uh, sorry, Isaiah McDuffie's going to return because he's got another year. Max Richardson, I could see coming back. I could see um, some of the offensive line coming back, though. I'm not going to. I'm going to guess Zion Johnson will probably be gone. Um, given his injury issue, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Palmer comes back. I wouldn't be surprised if Dion Jones wants a second year with Jeff Halfley because he seems to be playing really well. So he might want to get more film on tape. So those are two guys I wouldn't be surprised if they return. I wouldn't be surprised if Boom comes back, Aaron Boomeri, uh, you know, another full year with Jeff Halfley. I, you know, they, they have some kickers, but he would be a guy that I would, would think that would come back. Um, now some names I wouldn't be surprised if they're not here next year. John Lamott, I you know, he's not the style of what Jeff Halfley is looking for. So wouldn't be surprised if he decides to maybe move on. He may end up transferring. Maybe he ends up with another program like Colorado State or something if you like Steve Adazio. Um, he, you know, guy like him. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. And this is just conjecture. There's nothing based off this if David Bailey ended up somewhere next year. Um, you know, he's had an up and down year. He's been injured a bunch. And then there was all this time where he's not really been used. I, I have to wonder if he may think of maybe playing someone somewhere else next year. But again, that's just a conjecture. Um, you, it's hard to read, though, because I don't know what the school is going to do in terms of scholarship allocation in terms of the football program, because it's expensive to keep so many kids on. Um, I don't know if they're going to have X amount of slots and then Jeff Halfley can fill it or if it's, you know, whatever they're going to do in terms of, you know, I just have no clue how they're going to do it. So we'll have to wait until after the season. Halfway, I'm sure, wouldn't talk about it now. Uh, but maybe after the bowl game, we can kind of talk to him and see what his thoughts are and get a better read on that. But thanks for the question, Mark. Max Podell wants to know, what happens to the power gym if they get a new practice facility? I'm going to guess it's going to be used for a lot of intramural stuff. Um, I'm sure they have teams that want to use it that, you know, like, intramural basketball or whatever that are going to use that and i'm sure other programs if they need it if they need an extra spot for something they can use that as well so i'm sure it'll be used i'm sure it'll go into good hands and we'll have to see where it goes from there but thanks max and we'll wrap up our uh, mailbag with 128 belt burner who asked what is your favorite part of bc fandom sports culture what is your least favorite? And that's a great question. So I'm glad you asked that. You know, I've written and had fans and um, interactions for the last eight years. So I could definitely tell you what that is. Um, I have to say my favorite part is the pride of the of BC fans. I think uh, when the teams are doing well and they have a program that they're proud of, BC fans will, you know, they'll battle and and they'll stick up for their program to the, the end. Just like, right, like, look at the football program right now. I would tell you that 99% of all BC 
uh, tweets out there are mostly positive. They're all on board with Jeff Halfley and, and love where he's going with the program. So I think the positivity right now is, is definitely one of my favorite things. Um, and it was that way with Al Skinner during the, like I was just talking about the 2004, 2005, everything was really positive. My least favorite part, and this has been something that's bugged me for day for years is the kind of laissez-faire attitude they have towards games, like live games. So let me tell you again. So when I was back as a student, and I'm going to sound like an old person here, um, you know, the parties were always, it was either the mods or Sheffield. And I had to admit, when I was a student, I was guilty of going on Sheffield. That was before they would clear it out before the game. And you could stay out there through the whole um, for the whole game if you wanted to, and a lot of people did. And I remember tons of times where people would just be out there until halftime. They'd watch the most of the third quarter and then just leave. Now, BC tried to change that mentality by kicking everyone out of their tailgates with uh, the state police, which I hate. I, when I was a tailgater, tailgater and had my spot, it felt like I was getting rushed by the military every time they tried to get rid of everybody. But it still had that same feel. Bad weather, people leave early. You know, there it's parent weekend, people leave early. It's Labor Day weekend, people don't show up. It's just like it doesn't BC fans have to really grasp that there's only six home games. And hopefully they will when there's you know, this new coach gets to have fans there. Because you need to be the, like you watch some of the better programs. You watch the Michigans, you watch Penn State and Ohio State, and their fans are they're all the time and on time to, to cheer them as they come out. It's it's honestly kind of embarrassing when you watch BC football enter a stadium and it's like 75 to 80% completely empty at kickoff. Um, I think that's something that really needs to change and I hope Halfley figures out a way to get people in their seats early because it is, it's like, it's the first thing that people see. So it's whether it's recruits or whether it's uh, other fans, they're going to see an empty stadium when the fan, you know, the team rushes out onto the, the field. They got to change that. And it's not just base ba- uh, football. It's basketball, basketball. No one ever shows up. And even hockey, you know, hockey is one of the premier flagship programs at Boston college. And even when I go to hockey games, fans are slow to get there. Um, I know there's times where games are not possible to get there because like you're starting at six on a Friday, but for the most part, there's it, people can find excuses for everything. And I think it's one of the things about the fan base that drives me crazy is that like you want to be treated like a big-time program, then act like a big-time program. Get to your seats, buy tickets, and show up. It's the only way you're going to get bigger recruits and more money into the coffers to get the BC where you want it to be. So that's my little rant on one of the things that does <laughs> I don't like about BC fans. Um, but you know, there's others that are always there. So this isn't a knock on everybody. This is just a knock on what I see. All right, so uh, next we're going to talk about the UVA game, and I'm going to try to give you my preview and prediction for uh, Saturday's game against UVA. Before we do, I want to talk to you about Built Go. Built Go is an energy drink supplement that you can take anywhere with you. It's 1.5 ounces. You can put it in your briefcase. You can put it in your golf bag. You can put it in your computer bag, and it will help you get through your day. Now, I have a crash around 2 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I've told you this before. And my go-to is a coffee from whatever um, donut shop is down the street. But after a couple hours, I feel that crash. Now, Built Go, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine 
and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. How good is that? You're gonna have some energy and it's gonna taste good. I love chocolate coconut, it's my fave. All right, so how does it work? It is a fast-acting protein that absorbs fast into your systems, plus it's easy on your stomach, which is better than coffee, which can be really acidic. Now, Bilko is loaded with good stuff that helps ignite my work and get me through my days. It's got beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. It helps with all sorts of different things like joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin growth, skin health. This stuff literally helps you make makes you look better. Now, we have a special offer today. Visit, visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. We are talking UVA football and giving ourselves a little preview of what we can expect for Saturday. Before we get into that, on Monday, we're going to review the game, talk about what went right, what went wrong against the Cavaliers, and jump into any news and any basketball and hockey-related news that happened over the weekend. I'm sure it's going to be a jam-packed episode, so make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcast. You do not want to miss an episode of this. And if you have friends that are into Boston College, and I know they're out there, make sure you recommend this to them. It really helps bring this podcast to a whole new crew of people. So as yesterday's episode, we were talking with Eric Hoffs. Eric gave his preview, and I know you guys want to hear what I have to think. And I continue to think when I talk about UVA that they're just this amorphous, nondescript team that really doesn't do a lot and doesn't do anything wrong, but doesn't do anything great, doesn't have any stars, doesn't have much power. They don't do much. You know, their quarterback's kind of mediocre. Everything about them just screams to me a team Boston College can beat. You know, they got a quarterback that's thrown, I think, eight or nine interceptions. Brandon Armstrong, he's a lefty. They turn over the ball. Um, their pass defense is bad. So I think those are two big um, factors that really go in the favor of, the Bo- of Boston College. UVA's defense is stunk. And <laughs> I think, you know, they've won three games in a row. But look who they beat. I know they beat UNC, but they beat Abilene, Christian, and Louisville. So not, you know, you, you beat one team and you beat an ACC bottom dweller and a uh, FCS school. Not really a big thing to write home about, but they are going in the right direction. But I just look at that defense, and I say, you know, BC is playing for something. Um, yesterday, Eric was talking about what are they playing for, and I, you know, I had a lot of fans reach out. Thank you all for saying this because it didn't click with me. I've been bad this week. I have to say I have not gone to any BC press conferences, so I missed Halfley's comments. But he said, you know, this is the first time since 2009 Boston College could finish with a above 500 record in the ACC. That's a big deal. And if BC ends up the season seven and four, they are going to put themselves in prime position for a good bowl game. And I'm not talking like the pinstripe bowl, which I know is canceled or um, the sun bowl, which, which I know is canceled, but I'm talking about like the Gator bowl. Think about that. We could be playing an sec school. um, If we win this game, they have a lot on the line and they're going to be an attractive program because of what Jeff Halfley did. So I think Boston College has a lot to play for. And I don't, I, I, you know, Eric said that, you know, he hopes that Halfley has them energized and ready to go. I have not seen a moment this year where Halfley has not had his team ready to play. And I don't know why he would have them kind of take off uh, um, Saturday's game and not be prepared for Virginia. 
I think they're going to be ready. This is the last game for some of them uh, before the bowl season, or you know, some of them may sit out the bowls, like we saw with AJ Dillon last year. They're going to want to win. You know, Djokovic, I think, is going to end up playing. The more I think about it, the more I think he's going to be there. I think David Bailey's going to play. I think that they're going to have at full power against a defense um, that isn't very good. And I want to throw one more statistic at you or, or a, uh, a record review. And it was something another reader uh, mentioned to me, and I thank them for bringing it up. Virginia's never beaten Boston College, ever. They're O and six against BC, and they've lost, uh, they lost a couple times under Adazio. Uh, sorry, one time under Adazio in 2017 and twice to Spaziani. So they've, you know, they're a program that's never beaten Boston College. I don't see them beating Boston College on Saturday. Um, I'll give you guys, because I'm feeling generous today, my prediction for this game. I think Boston College's offense will click. I think they're going to probably play one of their best offensive games of the season. I think Boston College will probably put up anywhere between 35 and 38 points. So let's say 35-21, they beat UVA. I think it's going to be a handy, hand, uh, sizable win for them. I think they're going to end the season at 7-4. And with no COVID cases, with finish the season with six ACC wins, which is incredible if that's the case, you know, I don't know how anyone couldn't be as happy as a clam for the way that Jeff Halfley has put this program on his back and put them in position to be really good for years to come. So that's my prediction. Now, if you want more Boston College UVA coverage, come by our Facebook page and bcbulletin.com. Now, on bcbulletin.com, you'll get my full preview. Now, if you haven't checked that out, it's my preview and predict uh, final thoughts and predictions. I go over the fine points. I, I compare... Uh, the two teams on a bunch of different scales, so you're going to want to check that out. I give my beer of the game. I know a lot of you guys like that. I give my song. I've been going through funk this year, so you're going to check out my funk song of the year of the week. I look at the fan thermometer, and I give my prediction. So it's got a lot in that post, and you can give your thoughts, too, uh, by going into the comment section. The day of the game, I'll be giving you full coverage. I'll be, you know talking uh, in the comment section. If you're interested, if you want to connect with me, do that. But I want to also talk about the newest feature that I'm going to start uh, doing more of, and that's our Facebook page. I'm going to be doing lots of live broadcasts on Facebook. So you're going to want to go to facebook.com backslash Boston College SI, or if you look up BC Bulletin, you'll find it pretty easily. Hit the like button. Um, During games at halftime, I'm going to jump in for 10 minutes and give you a live you know, my thoughts for the game. And you guys can chirp, uh, you guys can chime in as well and say what you're thinking. Um, it's a great way to interact. You'll get to hear some of my thoughts and get some analysis instead of listening to, you know, the ACC network guys saying their things. You can hear it from a guy who covers the team. So head, make sure you head over to facebook.com backslash Boston College SI. Um, I'm going to be doing it tonight for the basketball game. I'm going to test it out, see how it goes. I'm going to be doing it halftime at the end of the game for basketball and football. So if you like, uh, you know, these podcasts, it's even more coverage that you'll get to check. So check out our Facebook page um, to get that coverage. Um, and make sure you follow us there so that you're not going to miss any of the live broadcasts. And if you miss it, you can listen to it after the fact. So you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. I'm the writer and editor publisher of bcbulletin.com. And I will see you all again on Monday for a full episode of uh, re- reviewing games and talking about the news of Boston College that you all care about a lot. Have a great weekend, everyone. And I will see you all again soon. Take care.